Hey, everybody, this is Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, joined, of course, with Scott McKay, who is a contributing editor over The American Spectator. And today we have a special guest who I have known for way too many years, Matt Margolis of Pajamas Media. And we went, we go back, we go back for quite a ways, Matt. And I'm really excited to have you here today. It's been great to already catch up a little bit. And we're having you on the podcast because you're writing some amazing and insightful work about um, Biden and all of his corruption and following that nasty sort of tail trail. Um, so welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's good to good to be on the show. So just to get the big question out of the way first. Do you think that there are going to be any consequences whatsoever for Biden um, with all of the scandals you're covering? There, there's a huge part of me that really wants to believe that there will be, but it, it seems like, you know, every time something happens, you know, we think, oh, this is it. I mean, how can, how can, how can Biden explain this away? How can he keep deflecting this? And what we find is that the media does all the work for them. They don't talk about these scandals. The, 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 the public at large doesn't seem to know about them. Uh, this is the playbook that we've seen for, for years now. Just, you know, as long as the media isn't giving people reason to be angry about it, there's never going to be any accountability. And I think it's quite clear from some of the recent uh, revelations from the whistleblowers is that there, there's enough people inside the the, the FBI and, and the Department of Justice who, who don't care, quite literally, about objective justice. They are protecting the Bidens uh, pretty aggressively, and uh, even when even when the Republicans are putting out you know evidence showing that what's going on, it's like no, no one seems to care. And you know, it, just think about it. I mean, what days after. Uh, the plea, the plea deal with Hunter Biden uh, was was revealed. You know, he's he's there at the White House at a state dinner. I mean, they're laughing at us. So yeah. I, I I don't see anything happening. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I I just don't see it. You know, I wrote an article a couple I don't know maybe a year ago called Blue Dress Proof, and basically that Clinton, what the dirt was on Clinton from the beginning. And the media completely uh, covered for him until literally semen was found on a blue dress and was, you know, objectively proven to be his DNA. So this is the level, the threshold for proof on the left. It seems to me, though, that there are, there's uh, blue dress proof hidden among all of this stuff for the Biden, certainly the money trail and so of all of the different machinations and bribes and nefarious things that have happened with Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, and Hunter, his son, which do you think is the most likely to, you know, rise to that level of proof that where even the media has to pay attention? Well, I mean, I, I think we had that proof with the uh, the laptop you know, back in 2020, I mean, in really 2019, because the, the FBI knew that it was legit back then. Uh, but, you know, we, we were constantly seeing, you know, 
pretty conclusive evidence of, of what's going on between between the laptop and you know the uh, House Oversight Committee has found all these transactions, millions of dollars going to these these shell companies and being distributed to all the. I mean, how do you explain that? What are these businesses for? What are they selling? They're selling influence. What other product do they have? They have nothing, and yet, you know, it, it feels like, you know, things have changed so much since the '90s, where yes, a, a, a blue dress could 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 give no one the, the cover was gone you couldn't do anything about that this this was it you had to cover it but uh now we're seeing well the laptop well that's russian disinformation and you know now it's and then it's with the the oversight committee it's like well it's it's republicans just on a fishing opera you know i mean there's always an excuse to to write off these all this evidence uh and the, the question is is, are, is there enough or are there enough people in 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 the uh in the justice department and the and the fbi that are honest and are gonna pursue these uh leads and and do something about it uh re regardless of what the political implications are and i i've been consistently losing confidence that that's ever going to happen uh you know you and i've talked about this before but basically there seems to be amongst some in the media and this uh, this kind of idea that getting Biden out, trying to get someone else to be the nominee for president, and yet what's happening in the media is exactly, seems to be what Matt is saying. However, there have been a couple, I think right. CBS reporters have asked finally uh, put Biden on the spot, which seems to me that the deep state or whoever is controlling these people um, have finally let them off the leash, and maybe they do want to get rid of Biden. Politically, what do you what do you think? Because uh, oh. he needs to go because he's just so old and like brain-addled. Yeah, that I think that's a big part of it. What I noticed was late last week. Uh, there was a press conference at which uh, Queen Kareen and uh, John Kirby were uh, kind of holding forth at the podium. And I mean, every single question was about the Biden bribes. And of course, they wouldn't answer any of them. Um, and there was, I mean, it was pretty comical uh, that, you know, Queen Kareen is over here talking about, you know, well, I, I'll just refer you to the White House counsel, counsel's office because uh, they're handling that. And they're like, well, what did the White House Counsel's Office say? Well, I'll just refer you to them. And they're like, no, actually, you're right here, and you have that binder. So, like, what did you know? What did they actually say? Because we don't know what they said. You're referring us to them, and we don't know what they said, and we don't have time to go do that. So, please, right. Kareen, tell us what's going on. And I mean, like, it was, you know, next question, and then the next question was the same thing. It was one of the worst press conferences I've ever seen. It reminded me of the. Uh, the Chevy Chase press conference from Spies Like Us. You know, I was waiting for it to go, are there any Paraguayans here? You know, and and uh, it, it just, it, you know, it's just bad. And if if anybody other than her was the press secretary, everybody in the White House press corps would be calling for her firing. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, really sort of the, 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 I think the thing that has changed, as Matt was talking about, you know, like the blue dress proof, I mean, we have every kind of dress you want. I mean, there's no doubt what these people have done. This is, I mean, this is 
stone cold, wide open corruption. Um, yeah, and I mean, the thing it is, is all of those shell corporations make this worse, not better. I mean, if Hunter Biden was actually supplying somebody with value, like if he was a some kind of way an energy expert, for example, you would just pay Hunter Biden, right? Like you would pay him for services rendered and you'd say, well, you know, this guy knows a lot about the oil markets. And so we were soliciting his advice or whatever, right? right? Instead, they're paying all these different shell corporations in Hunter Biden's name. And it makes it obvious that this was something nefarious and untoward. Um, and the fact that they refuse to address this at all, like at all, Bill Clinton had semi-plausible excuses and lies that he would offer you that would throw you off the trail. This guy just says no. And everybody goes, well, I know that it's not no. Like, <laughs> that's definitely not true. And you're lying to my face. And he just says no, right? Um, which the level of arrogance on this, it's, you know, I, I think you're going to offend the baseball gods at some point. And the fact that Joe Biden can't make complete sentences anymore and walks like an old man and his mouth is starting to hang open like a senile old man. I think the level of confidence inside that party is beginning to wane, um, which is why you start seeing more Gavin Newsom. And you start seeing more Michelle Obama rumors. Um, like, I think they're starting to prepare the way to get somebody else in there. And they know it's not going to be Kamala. Um, and so that may be why you're starting to see a little bit more from the media to ask these questions. CBS Morning News did a whole thing, even though it was largely exonerative on the Biden bribes. Um, they at least reported on it. Um, you're, I, my guess is, is you're going to see a whole bunch of media reporting in the next month uh, that are the Republicans pounce stories. Right. Which this is how they report real news now is, you know, Republicans pounce on, uh, you know, reports that some horrible thing has been done by the Bidens or whatever. And it's like, no, actually, the story is the horrible things, not the Republicans pounce. Um, but well, I think I have a, que I have a question for, for Matt about this, though. Like, it's not just a political thing. I have been wondering if there has been any smoking gun found found because this is the thing that's on my mind like the fact that the bidens are terrible you know trashy grifters is one thing very clinton-esque and not surprising but what i really wonder is has any of that money they've been given how can we be confident that our actions in ukraine that our actions um uh, regarding china or the administration's interaction with China and Taiwan aren't being motivated by the money that's changed hands. And do has there been any evidence of that influence being working? Well, I think there's clearly evidence that uh, whatever the influence that was being purchased uh, has worked. I mean, just look at the spy balloon situation that, you know, Chinese spy balloons being allowed to go across the United States and look at our uh, military installations. I mean, that's 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 clear evidence. And then, you know, obviously we've seen this kind of the open floodgates of money to Ukraine and over this uh, never-ending war over there. Uh, you know, clearly it's it's worked. It, 
uh, pretty well for them. Uh, yeah, it, it, to me, it, it, it's pretty obvious. And, but, and the problem is that people don't seem to want to connect those dots. But, uh, you know, kind of back to the point about, you know, the media is starting to ask questions. Uh, you know, I, I've written about this before. They've been asked, they've been kind of raising doubts about Joe Biden actually since his first year in office. There, there was media reports, uh, you know, I, you know, fairly uh, 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 several months into his into his, you know, his term, you know, saying like, well, you know, he's going to be this this old fart in twenty twenty four. Who could possibly replace him? Here, here's here's who Democrats are looking at as possible replacements. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's there's definitely been that kind of shadow over his over his presidency and and of course the rumors were was that he had every intention of only doing one term and then there's the you know the big uh you know uh wild card there was, was kamala harris because no one wants the bank on her being able to hold on to the white house yeah but uh you know there, i think, there, I think they like, realized at some point it was like yeah we can't sell this <laughs> yeah like, exactly like, plan b is more like plan z let's let's come yeah. up with something else well the, the question that i've had about these guys is the same one that i have about like diane feinstein and and uh nancy pelosi that they can't ever retire because they would spend their last couple of years being sued or um their dotage um being the subject of investigations because they're so so corrupt and that being in office in some in some way i think it's why diane feinstein hasn't like you know had her bones rolled back to san francisco is because a lot of people believe that's why biden ran for president too because he yeah. wanted to be in a position to protect hunter so right. I, I mean there's all kinds of things yeah. like that they they do have a vested interest in staying in power to protect themselves and right. to protect the people that uh, you know they've they've enriched and who have enriched them, right? And that that's why you know I think we're seeing kind of because there's a rumor not this last weekend but the weekend before that Obama sat down with Biden and said enough is enough, and Biden was basically fuck you. And the thing is, is I'm you know with the way he is and with um and with the pressure that he's under even senile his instincts are that of a very vicious rat which is what he is yeah. and so um always has been always has been like always has been you know i was thinking about uh, this is kind of going in a different direction but the supreme court uh findings and i revisited and watched some of the biden questioning of like clarence thomas and, and uh, just to refresh my memory, and if you'll recall, I mean, that was the um, hearing that uh, turned Andrew Breitbart conservative, made him go, this guy, this is so obviously racist. And he was just disgusted. And up until that point, he'd been kind of like a quasi-liberal drunk, you know, uh, student in Louisiana. Big shocker. Yeah. Um, Anyway, or you're just drinking and snorting Coca Tulane. Yeah, Tulane, <laughs> right? Admission. Right. Yeah. So anyway, you know, and he came out the other side of that um, blitz, you know, personal blitzkrieg, uh, with you know being more conservative after watching the Clarence Thomas hearings. And when you go back and watch it, and it's just so rank, and Biden is just so awful, like just 
awful. Um, that I took great pleasure <laughs> in reading Thomas's um, uh, ideas and statements on affirmative action. And um, I just read today that he's the longest uh, Supreme Court justice um, and he's not senile at all and still fresh or whatever that he's been in the job the longest. Oh yeah, he's the dean of the current Supreme Court. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And um, so anyway. He needs 24 hour pr protection and security. Thank God. Please. Well, I mean, <laughs> I hope. I mean, the thing is, is that he's, uh, I really do worry about these Supreme Court justices. You know, the left is absolutely insane. And, um, you know, Biden was the beginning of that, the middle of it, the end of it. So like, it's, he's kind of the perfect president for where we are this moment right now. All of the seeds planted by these uh, noxious boomers, however long ago, now have, you know, are bearing fruit. And we have uh, Joe Biden for president. Um, he's just like us, mom. Uh, you know, he's, you know, representative. Uh, and then, you know, he, he, uh, I, I, it did give me pleasure though, to have Clarence Thomas come out and be the one to kind of, um, stick it into the left eye, you know, after all this time, not to yeah, mention not, that, that. Calling out to Katanji, uh, Brown Jackson too, like, like very directly, like, I mean, it was brutal. Uh, yeah. and it was great. I loved it. It was epic. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Well, that the dissent in that affirmative action case was um, one of the most like ridiculous things that's ever come out of the Supreme Court. Um, and you know, fr a friend of mine like read the first paragraph of it and then sent it to me in an email and said, "Why hadn't she recused herself from the case?" Right? <laughs> you know, it's like clearly you have a conflict of interest talking about this since you were the biggest affirmative action hire in the history of the country, which right. is actually true. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a Supreme Court judge uh, justice uh, position that's only open to black women. Um, so it's, it's, you know, really kind of amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think most objective people are going to look at Clarence Thomas and Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and it's not all that hard to figure out which one is more impressive and which one has the better arguments. But that's true across the board, if you have noticed in the aftermath of that case and the arguments and the and the histrionics from the left. Um, and, and take that and the, in tandem. And the outright racism. Oh, without question. White lefties. I'm like, dude. But, I, but the arguments... But the, between the affirmative action case, the uh, was it 303 creative case out of Colorado where the web designers, mm -hmm. a Christian, didn't want to make gay wedding websites. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the, uh, the the third case, which. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't I can't think of the uh, argument, the, the working on uh, the, uh, the student loan bailout, the student loans. Oh, right. student student loan. Loan I thought the discrimination, I guess that was last week, the discrimination based on um you know, religious exemptions for, you know, it was a 303 creative case. No, no, no. There was another one about the, um, the mailman. 
guy who was fired for because he couldn't work on the Sabbath. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's it's a, a, huge, yeah, it's a similar case. That's a huge, huge case for no, it is. liberty. And it absolutely is. A lot um, of Christians and Jews and Muslims are going to be able to work in jobs they could never work before. So right. Um, but the but the reaction to all three of those, yeah. Um, and the the willful neglect of the difference between politics and law, which most of these people should know. Um, but like if you go on Twitter and look at political and media figures on the left and the way that they've reacted to these cases, it's like the end of the world. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, it's, it's a pure, well, we took a political loss, so we have to go into absolute paroxysms of insanity over it rather than recognize, okay, well, you got to win elections and, you know, push policy on this stuff. Well, the and then you got Elizabeth made... Warren out there oh. being, acting like this is such oh a horrible thing. Like she, she is the epitome of exactly what's wrong with affirmative action. She, I mean, she advanced her own career by claiming minority status and right. you know i mean outright lie and did it anyway yeah i mean forget about the fact that even if she could claim uh you know i mean she's like what one one hundred one thousand twenty fourth cherokee or whatever <laughs> i mean clearly she was violating the spirit of affirmative action policies by doing it but it, but it tells you that she, that she knew that these policies give a leg up to, to minorities that they and you know uh, so obviously the the white Elizabeth Warren knew that it was unfair, but the Cherokee right. uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, was full of, was certainly willing to take advantage of it. Yeah, and that's exactly what's wrong with it. Right, right, exactly. I, out of one side of the mouth, uh, her mouth, she got all the benefits of being a minority because as a white person, she knew that the system was unfair and biased towards those who were minorities. And so like one funny stat, which has to be undoing this anyway, is that something like 24 to 40%, I can't remember, depended on the school, I think, of people applying to college are saying that they're minority, that there's some yeah. kind of... <laughs> oh, absolutely. Which, which I think is funny because at a certain point, it's like in, you know, the Incredibles when a Syndrome said when... And when everyone's special, no one is, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the affirmative actions endpoint. We are it, all it's true. It's, it is true. It, it's very true. I've always, I I love that line from my movie because it, it, it really speaks volumes because of that's exactly you know, what we're seeing happen right now. It's like everyone, and not just with, with race, but with everything, claims some sort of special, you know, status whether it's you know sometimes it's 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 the self victimhood and all that i mean it, it's all related it, every, everyone has to have a thing that makes them different and special a box to check off that uh that separates them from other people and you know that's what's driving you know the whole trans movement as well it's uh um it's all connected yeah super extra special with special super special friends on tiktok <laughs> And everybody, you know, all of us felt like misfits in high school, but, you know, that's just like kind of what it means to be a teenager. But now people are spared that anxiety and can claim victim status and 
and uh, and plaster a you know a label on themselves during that really awkward developmental time in your life and, and be okay and then go to college as a identifying as a um, half black transgender um, gender queer person and uh, you know I, I did a this is actually so weird. I did a satirical post years ago that caused a you know absolute outcry of um that I was some kind of bigot because I did the hierarchy of um victimhood and at the top was like a black there wasn't transgender yet, but a black uh black lesbian handicapped person was like at the top of the pyramid at that time. Now she would have been replaced by the transgender whatever. It, um furry probably but anyway you know i i created this I, I mean people got so mad at me because i was like making fun of basically you know how much cred do you have based on and this was probably 12 years ago or something and um it, it's just a market how of how much things have changed because yeah. even back then they would deny that that was a thing and i remember doing an abortion post and amanda marcotte and all the crazy town lefties um, were saying that we're not pro-abortion, we're just pro-women, you know, all of this. And um, even back then, I had like, um, I'd gone to a, uh, um, a lefty conference and had recorded, and Elizabeth Warren was there. That's when I realized she was a complete psychopath. You know, there's nothing like seeing that woman in person. She is like, I was like, my goodness, it felt like Satan had just walked on stage. It's the only politician where I've actually been like actively freaked out to be in their presence. I was like, she is bad. But she, they, at that conference, Maisie Hirono, um, and this was years ago, made all the women who'd had an abortion stand up and they gave Jesus. a round of applause for them. Oh, Jesus. So I recorded all of this and wrote <laughs> it up. I wrote it up and then I was told People said, you're a liar. And I had videotape and audio tape of it. And so I just put all that up on the in site and then they couldn't say anything. But, you know, that was my argument against them because they said they weren't, you know, celebrating abortion. And at that time, there was still enough shame around it that they were like, no, we're not celebrating it. We're, you know, this is a sad thing for all involved. Blah. And and now we're here we are with a president who's taken bribes from our, you know, world enemies with um, uh, people wearing shirts that are hell's bells. I saw a shirt at one of the pride events with, you know, like hail Satan and, um, and Baphomet on the, on the shirt. I mean, now we're just out and uh, proud affiliating ourselves with Satan and everything satanic. So like, things have definitely changed um the, since the left kind of like whenever they're accused of something they, they 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 kind of sometimes own it in a way that where they're presenting themselves as not being ashamed of it it's kind of like the hillary uh putting out merch that says but her emails and stuff like that and, and you know we see the, the like even you see like planned parenthood or whoever putting out like shirts like i had an abortion you know like that it's the it's the complete lack of shame in what they're doing. I mean, it 
it it probably won't be long before Joe Biden is putting out T-shirts and other merch with, uh, you know, my, you know, uh, but but the laptop, you know, I mean, it, it's probably going to happen. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not because, I mean, but we know that Joe Biden knew that the laptop was genuine, and he went on TV plenty of times saying, "Nope, Russian disinformation." Look at all these other guys saying so. You know, I'm, but he knew, uh, you know, they, they don't, but they don't care that they, they have absolutely no shame at all. Whether yeah, it's enforcing that, or any people other know, like the thing is, it's not just them, like the, the voters themselves knew that Fetterman was, you know, a brain damaged, you know, empty head. And you had talking heads on the CNN um, enthusing about him and saying he could be a potential presidential candidate. You know, to your point about poking the American people and just being like, screw you, they they know what they're saying at this point is just absurd. They know that Biden, you know, he got up the and walked off the set like he was, you know, grandpa uh, got lost again, at, you know, during an interview, at the end of an interview. And everybody's acting like this is totally normal. Right. And um, right. Same thing with Fetterman and his sweatpants and shorts. You know, they're trying to normalize it. Oh, look at this guy is a fashion icon. This, 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 this he's bringing, you know, casual, you know, normal guy. <laughs> casual in the Senate. In the Senate, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you another example was, um, Last week, NBC News runs this story on these people at these pride marches who are yelling, we're coming for your children, right? right. Yeah. And so NBC yep. News does it. Oh, they've been doing that for years. And it's really just sort of a um, satirical thing. It's a funny thing to make fun of the people who've been saying it, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it's like, okay, so... The, and you guys know this, the way that this starts is we deny that it's happening. And then when we can't deny that it's happening anymore, we admit that it's happening and we gaslight you. And it's like, well, this has been a thing for a long time and it's no big deal, right? And then the third stage is, well, of course we're doing this and this is like a good thing and you're such a bigot for not appreciating it. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are like the three stages of political gaslighting in America now. And we see it on practically every topic. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. and, the, you know, if 10 years ago I would have come to you and said, hey, this is what they're going to do. They are going to try to groom your kids to become gay and trans. Right. right? And by the time they're done, you're going to be afraid to criticize. Them. If I'd have told you that 10 years ago, you'd be like, that, that can't happen. That, that will never happen. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And I think it still is because I don't think that this is ultimately going to work. But the fact that they're trying, it tells you how aggressively satanic these people actually are, right? Um, well, there does seem to be a thing that it, like the world is is changing and the communications coming from on high are coordinated. Like we saw this uh, in oh, yeah. with COVID, where Build Back Better was somehow on placards in Australia, New Zealand, Europe, here. And um, speaking of, like, the media is actively. I I just read a, and watched another video, and 
an article about how Microsoft is uh, completely working with CISAS, um, which is an unknown agency, but really is all about uh, cyber uh, warfare the federal government has. And they have turned all of their um, microscopes onto the, that used to be to scrape data about uh, and go through it and try to find terrorists, right? A, a foreign threat. Now, of course, the, anybody who doesn't agree with the, the standard line from the government is a threat. And so they're scrape, so I don't know if you noticed, but over the weekend, um, Elon was talking about stopping these organizations. So they found that these big government organizations and other like Google and um, Microsoft were scraping tons and tons of data from Twitter and they're stopping that and may, they're right. figuring out yeah. ways to stop it. That, that is time. why it's, you can look at 600 things a day or something. Right. If you're which not, was the upper end of what regular people would do. And then right. they're going to knock out everything else to stop the these people from scraping the data. Well, and not only that, they're making people sign up now, and they're like six thousand if you actually have an account. And they're trying to figure out ways around this to stop. At least Elon is. You know, the rest of the companies, both media and tech, are working with the government and trying to help them any way possible to, you know. Uh, spy on you and me yep. and and then and this is one of the things matt that i've talked to scott about the one uh, the, something that i have found um just alarming is that we have seen more information come out of I don't, in the green revolution back when that happened in iran where it was a closed country um but we still saw information coming out from like the streets and stuff in Ukraine, you have to like search. You can't find anything about what's really happening or what's yeah. really happening in Russia. And now like the media and, you know, there's been suppression across the board about what's going on in France. They're they're on the doorstep of civil war in France. And it's like nobody knows about it or is talking about it. And the same thing is happening in the in Netherlands where the farmers are defending their their farms and the government's trying to take them away to reach some kind of, uh, I swear, I'm like, is it, are, are they trying to starve the people of Europe? Is this what's going on? I It's just like bizarre what's happening. And we have all these media, um, social media platforms and we're actually getting less information than we've ever gotten, yeah. which, is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, we're we're living in a time where I mean, there's more information that we can get e more easily than ever before, and it it does feel like there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, you can't go there. Don't talk about it. You know, let's let's distract the public with something else. You know, I, I mean, we, we see those kinds of things happening, you know, domestically here, and obviously it's happening elsewhere. And, uh, you know, uh, the problem is that, that there's not enough people who see what's going on that are, that are doing anything about it. And corporate media, you know, that, that they're going to do what they're told. Yeah. They're not going to talk about it. They're going to they're going to push the, you know, the narrative that uh, the government wants, because, you know, you know, for, for various, you know, um, 
reasons that for, to, for their own to sustain themselves. The interesting thing is, is like, you know, you read 1984 um, or some of these like dystopian things where information is controlled. And there's a big element of that control. What is crazy to me is the number of people like in the media self-censoring and willing to, you know, I can I can make a list right now, people who I think are probably on the CIA's payroll, just based on how they always talk, because it's so crazy town. Like Jen Rubin, yeah. for example, is so insane that I'm like, who is she getting paid by to say these absurd things? Because none of it makes sense. And she's flipped around depending on the the um, situation um, so extremely <laughs> that I have to believe I I can't fathom that she really believes what she says. And you know, we used to you know Jen Rubin and I both used to write at Pajamas Media. <laughs> I mean, so was, I knew her as like a coworker over there, Matt. I mean, yeah. like what's happened? I just don't know. And she's not the only one. There's just so wow. many um, in the media who are censoring themselves or spouting pure propaganda for reasons I can't fathom. I mean, who's talking to the man anymore? We are. And it, the, we're already banned on Google, on YouTube, and we have to find ways to find other channels to um, get our stuff out. And we're not the it's, only ones. It's very distressing because, I mean, the media, you know, the, the freedom of the press, it was meant to be a check on, on, on you know, the government. Right. And they they don't they don't consider that their job anymore. I mean, you know, we, we've all seen articles from, from the supposedly objective news media that are basically just a reworking of Democratic Party talking points. And, uh, you know, this is not what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, this, this is why, like, you know, 20 plus years ago, why blogs started to, to become a thing is that, you know, bloggers weren't owned by anybody, they weren't controlled by anybody, and they would just say what they saw, report what they report things that were happening uh, without that, that filter of, well, you can't say that, you can't do this. And it, it's just gotten worse. Because I mean, just, just just look. I mean, how many how many uh, how many news sources do we have? How many networks are there that we just simply can't trust because they are basically just propaganda tools? Uh, I mean, they all are. I mean, is there is there any news media that doesn't have some political bent that 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 consistently will report on on stories that are damaging to both sides that doesn't matter they just report what's happened that no i mean i have never seen i mean a lot of this you know i can remember from from the obama years uh you know I, i've written a couple of books about obama i mean this guy i mean you know the corruption we're seeing now with biden you know it was all happening under uh, under obama as well but the media simply refused to talk about it uh because it wasn't enough for Barack Obama to be, you know, the first black president. He had to be the most successful president. He had to be the the, the most the most scandal. He had to be, you know, scandal free. That right. that that myth uh, has sustained itself to you know to the to today. You know, you know, the left always says, "Oh, the biggest scandal under Obama was that he wore a tan suit once." You know, 
I mean, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I, I just saw like a meme the other day, but oh, look at, you know, here's all the number of uh, federal indictments of Trump and Trump officials and whatnot. Right. And then here, you know, it's whatever number it, it was. And then here over on Obama, it's all zero, zero, zero. And it's like, well, you know, when you have a Justice Department that is completely infested right. with with liberals who are protecting them, I mean, I mean, let's not forget. Yes, uh, you know, Russiagate, uh, Obamagate, whatever you want to call it, started under Obama, but it continued. It continued. Right. I mean, right. Trump's own Department of Justice, there are rogue elements in there that were go that were working against him to try to undermine him. So, I mean, we can't just pretend that just because you know. Trump was president. That means that the everyone was all you know, there was all Trumpies in, in the federal government. That wasn't the case. I mean, the bureaucracy, uh, you know, precedes them all and will continue on after them. That the, they're they're the they're the true establishment here. And they're the one that they don't like Republicans and and they're protecting Democrats. Always. I mean, the thing is that's why a a, a Republican can't get away with any sort of um, corruption like the left can, like a leftist president can, because the, they will never be protected. There will always be someone who, there will always be a Vindman there who will, Vindman, who will make, make things up if nothing else. Right. You know? And there will always be a Comey who may have been a right. Republican appointee, but he sure came through for, for Hillary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that in this uh, world of really terrible, you know, kind of Soviet kind of uh, governance, which we now have, where you've got the Politburo who are for one side, it's going to be everybody has to be for that side. And usually the Republicans who succeed are on that side. I think one of the reasons why Trump is being given some so much crap is because he's not. And um, and so, like anybody who uh, threatens, you know, threatens the animal is going to have a, a vicious smear campaign that's all lies. I, I, you know, people have said that Trump has to just let it go, and I'm like, how do you let this go? He's been harassed pretty much daily, constantly, incessantly for years. Well, let, yeah. letting it go doesn't do any good because they come up with something else immediately after. Right, right. right. Let this go, and then this and here comes another thing. I mean, right. um, I'd be it, angry all the time. I don't know how he keeps a lid on it and does as well as he does. I honestly don't. Um, I I think I'd lose my mind. I, it's just so relentless and so, and and the accusations against him, especially if you're a patriot, like, are so offensive. Like. He's actually, you know, it's offensive. He, he, you can question lots about Trump. He's, he's, he's pro a couple things. He's pro-American. He's pro himself, and he's pro his family, you know, and in his business. The, but the fact is, is he is pro-American, and so they're going right to the heart of what it, you know, what matters to him by attacking him so often, you know. Um, and meanwhile, everything that they lie about can be is true about Biden, and it's all hidden and covered up, and Clinton, and it's all hidden and covered up. I don't know how we go from there. I, I go from 
where we're at as a country and clean all of that up and co come back under one rule of law. I will say that the the Supreme Court seems to be making, a, you know, trying to put the legislative stuff back on the legislature and, you know, making the uh, um, executive branch mind its own P's and Q's and not be going into the legislative branch. Yeah, we're, we're going to see the Chevron deference cases probably this week or next come down. And when that happens, it's really it's it's going to change the scope of power that the federal bureaucracy has, because in, in these cases, I mean, these are things where, um, you know, the various administrative agencies have just taken it on themselves to make law out of thin air and and not, um, you know, not pursuant to anything that Congress has passed, really. Um, and when the Supreme Court clips those wings and you have to actually have Congress making laws uh, to uh, enable these federal agencies to do what they're doing, everybody and their brother is going to get a lawyer and sue the federal government based on unconstitutional, illegal activities of federal agencies. And it's going to be that's going to be really interesting when that happens. My guess is happened with the EPA, right? Yeah, well, that that was the first one, but yeah. you know, these 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 are like the hardcore Chevron deference cases. And in case you know what Chevron deference is, it was a Chevron case from years ago. Chevron Oil Company got uh, sued by the National Resources Natural Resources Defense Council, and essentially, what came out of the case was that if a federal agency does something, it's presumed to be constitutional and legal. Um, whether Congress has enabled that federal agency to do it or not. And this has gone on for 25 years and it's completely out of control. And so there's two cases, I think it is, that are coming up that are going to get decided in the next few days. Everybody expects that the Supreme Court's going to eliminate Chevron deference. And what will happen then is everybody and their brother is going to be suing. Hey, you know, they told me I couldn't drain this pond on my land or whatever. Um, and so I'm going to sue because jurisprudence indicates that I can. Um, and, you know, lots of lawyers looking for business are going to be chasing these cases down. And so the real question is, is what, you know, what happens when the Obama and Biden and Clinton federal judges that these cases go in front of throw out all these lawsuits? It's going to be a mess. It's going to be an absolute mess. Um, but it'll be a fun mess because... These agencies are going to be so busy with these lawsuits that they're probably not going to have time to do much else. Um, so anyway, that's going, to, that's going to be a fun thing coming out of the Supreme Court that over the long haul may actually be even more um, transformative than the three cases that we saw last week, as big as those were. Yeah, That would be nice because, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, this kind of backdoor legislating the a lot of it started really with with Obama and, and now Biden, you know, where where it's issues like immigration, you know, Obama basically when he couldn't get the Dream Act passed, uh, just created it through DACA. Uh, and then there, you know, Title Nine is another one where they basically rewrote the law uh, via regulation mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, forcing schools to let boys into girls' restrooms and on sports teams. Uh, I mean, the, right. in, in a yeah, way, like, this, this, none of that. Right. yeah, right. This is nothing that knows had nothing to do with Congress. 
this, this is why you know Republicans have talked about codifying, uh, recodifying Title IX to specifically exclude gender identity, uh, because you know they're trying to protect women's sports, and, and we sh we wouldn't have to be protecting them if it hadn't been for this uh, backdoor legislating via regulation. Yeah. yeah, 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 and that's happening everywhere. So like the, and we're not talking about the big thing, which is the coercion tactics of the federal government for the states to do these things, anything in education, anything um, like from, you know, speed limits to whatever, federal funding is, you know, associated with you either comply or we starve you of tax dollars. And so that that every single issue has that hammer, that, that threat. And, um, you know, you have back some of these agencies and like in our last uh, print issue, Betsy DeVos talks about getting rid of the Department of Education and why we should do that. And not in some flippant sort of, you know, activist way, but in a concrete uh, person who's been in the bureaucracy uh, way, like in a very serious way, why this should be done. Not the least of which is how the, you know, the money that is spent on education is appropriated. And um, we spend so much on public education and get so little for it. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just got to stop. Every, all the interventions just make everything worse. And, and that's not the only, you know, education has become to the fore because of COVID and everybody's starting to pay attention to what actually is happening there, which, you know, thank Thank you, Randy Weingarten. But this is just one of those areas where um, the federal government bureaucracy is running your life, individual life. You know, and way back, Matt, I remember Michelle Malkin was crazy about this, writing about this is what No Child Left Behind is going to do. This is what the Department of Education being involved in your business is going to do. All of us, I don't know about you, I'll just talk for myself, talking about the the uh, um, gay marriage kind of laws and what where it'll lead. And everybody's like, there's no slippery slope. And here we are today. You know, you can go topic by topic by topic. And the kind of destruction of America that we're seeing is uh, we're um, actually big government Republicans, hello Bush, working with Democrats, hello Kennedy, um in education specifically for no child left behind um but all of these kind of big huge bureaucratic messes all of the agencies that came out of, after 9-11 that are controlling now that have turned inward and are monitoring everything that we all say and um seem to not care at all about uh foreign threats you know it's all the all the chickens are coming home to roost, you know, yeah. after a generation. Uh, yeah, it's it's really awful with education. I mean, I, I'm seeing it firsthand just how bad it really is. You know, I have a son who just finished third grade. Uh, and when I think about the work that I was doing in third grade versus the work that they're having kids do now, mm -hmm. uh, there's no comparison. Uh, you know, previous, you know, decades ago, uh, third graders could do a lot more than third graders are being asked to do today. And you could argue that a lot of that has to do with the, the COVID gap year kind of situation, but I don't think that's really the case. I think education has gotten 
so bad for, for, for decades uh, that, you know, we're seeing each generation uh, being expected to do less and less uh to, to to keep to keep our to keep the public stupid uh you know what state I, are you in that are you still in i'm in new york oh you're in new york mm. yeah well i mean uh, yeah god bless you i i mean i took my kids in texas even in texas third grade is terrible i learned the hard way with my oldest took him home to homeschool him Every other kid, my daughter, my son who followed, I took out of public school for third grade, homeschooled them because the third grade was so terrible. And then yeah. I put them back in. Um, but they still, I mean, it, it, it's gotten progressively worse. So what are you going to no, do? I, How are you going to handle it? Because there's not much you can say if you're in New York, I don't think. You know, it, it, it is difficult. New York is you know new york is new york and there's only so much you can do and you know i'm not in a position to be able to homeschool uh we we've, we've talked about private school at some point uh you know it, it's just it, you know i i look at some of this work and i'm thinking like i mean there, there's in some ways like I, i'm like impressed that there's certain kind of math that my son can do that i probably wasn't doing but you know, I can remember writing long compositions in third grade that I don't see kids today being asked to do or being able to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 shocking uh, the way that this this is happening. And, you know, this isn't something that just happened overnight. This is something that's been clearly happening over years, you know, where you see, you know, these entitled teachers who seem to want to want more for doing less of their job. Uh, you know, we we talk about all this money that's invested in education, but it's not so much going into educating as, as it is to fill in the pockets of teachers and administrators. Yeah. You know, uh, teachers, uh, you know, they complain about all the, the lo low pay for, for getting a, de a decent wage for nine months of work. Uh, and they don't realize uh, that, you know, everyone else has to work, you know, uh, all year. Uh, everyone else also has to bring work home to get it done if they need to. Uh, other other professions have to, you know, do professional development while they're working and not just save it for the summer. Uh, and then, you know, we're, we're still we're still supposed to do our jobs. You know, uh, it it's it it really bothers me because you know you know as a parent just just seeing this and you know looking at some of the assignments that my, my son gets and just thinking like you know wasn't this something i was doing in first grade mm. uh and, and and to tell me and, and are you really going to tell me this isn't some part of some big plan uh, do, I, i've noticed that the teachers t tend to not understand they're they're given the curriculum and then they're not allowed to kind of really kind of question it i don't know if this is applying to you but um we talked about this at the last podcast that they're bringing back phonics in new york city schools because the whole word learning wasn't working um they were producing illiterate children who couldn't read and therefore you know if you can't read you can't write um yeah. and so like it's like this big kind of uh discovery but they had stopped it and 
uh, stopped handwriting and everything else. Um, maybe there's, is there, do you guys have charter schools up there? You know, like. Um, I'm not entirely, I know, that, I mean, there are some private schools that, that, that we can look at, but, um, you know, the, the options are limited and it's, it's also tough you know, on a social end where it's like, you know, my son's been in the school, the school system, you know, since kindergarten. And, you know, the, the idea of saying, well, you know, we don't like what's going on here. We're going to take you away from your friends and, and, and the school that, you know, and, and take you somewhere. It's, it, it's, it's going to be a very difficult decision right. at, uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, the key, I mean, you know, for me and for any parent really is to be monitoring, you know, what your kids are being taught, you know, I mean, and we're not, and I'm not just talking about the uh, controversial sex ed stuff that, you know, which is a whole other aspect. But I mean, what are kids being taught? Are they really being allowed to uh, reach their full potential for, for that's that's age appropriate? You know, are are kids really able to? Um, are are they able to write? You know, I mean, you know, we we've seen like there's a there was a big thing not long ago about you know we're not going to teach cursive anymore because it's too hard or because cursive writing is racist, you know, something stupid like that. You know, uh, we're, there's always an excuse to do things differently, to expect less of people. And a lot of it is driven by the accusations of racism. Well, you know, we can't do standardized testing because minorities don't perform well on standardized tests. And, you know, th there's always something. And, you know, it progressively just makes education worse. And then, you know, nobody's learning anything. And then, you know, it really comes down to parental involvement and what they're going to do to keep to educate their kids when they're not in school. And then it becomes a cultural thing where, you know, wh which kids are have that support system at home, which ones don't. And then you get then you get Democrats screaming racism when, you know, uh, inner city black students are, aren't performing at the same levels. And it must be racism that's causing this problem. You know, we we the, all this outrage over the recent affirmative action case, uh, cases. Yeah, maybe the answer isn't well. By the time they get to college, we should be uh, looking at race. Maybe the the real answer is if we improve education at, from K, from K through twelve, maybe this won't be an issue. Right, right. Well, and but the thing is, it's like you say, it's a social issue too because. Uh, it's really difficult to concentrate on learning when you're afraid, when you're hungry. And I'm not blaming the single moms, by the way, how they're getting through. This is one of the, my beefs with no child left behind. Is it forced a half hour to hour of homework every night in elementary school with the parent? Well, if you're a single parent and then your kid is coming home and having not learned and they're trying to they're essentially grading the parent on how well they're doing uh, homework with a first grader. If you have a child, in my opinion, who's six or seven years old um, for eight hours of the day, there should be no homework. It should all be done in the school. You know, when I was homeschooling my kids for third grade, we were done by noon. And they went back to school two years ahead of their peers. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, now essentially they had a private tutor, so they're going to, you know, things are tailored to them or whatever, but still, you know, there's a lot of wasted time in school. And so I really had a problem with it because it was discriminatory against these parents. 
No, get your act together and teach them when they're in school. You know, um, that a, a tremendous amount of money is going to the school system. Do what you have to do to get those children educated and feed them if you have to. Hell's bells, you're getting $21,000 if you're in DC per student, what per year. What are you doing with all that money? Yeah. You know, yeah, you, should be able to, you should be able to pump out geniuses with that kind of money. You, with that kind of money, you should. So, you know, but this is I mean, almost everywhere in the country. Twenty one thousand dollars is going to put your kid in an absolutely phenomenal private school. Oh, so yeah. there's no excuse for the public schools to be utter garbage like they are. No. And, and I think we're seeing with all the institutions and the one that was most frightening for me was, you know, coming from the kind of the medical world. I trusted the CDC. I trusted the NIH. But we're finding out that. Even that is all uh, completely corrupted by the money in the system from the pharmacology. So like Americans are sitting there going, where can we turn? Education is a mess. Medicine is a mess. Technology is a mess. Our government is basically viewing its own educated citizens. And this is happening everywhere in the West, by the way, not just America. Canada is, you know, it's like they have the Gestapo up there. It's just insane. You know, you see the stories coming out and you're like, I thought the Canadians were kind of like the 51st state like us in America. That's not the case at all. And then Australia and New Zealand and what's being done all through everywhere but Sweden. But then Sweden's got a, a rape problem because of all the immigrants who are assimilated. So, you know, like Europe is dealing with its own issues because of this kind of craziness and I just read and I don't know if this is true that in the Netherlands the reason why they're trying to get the farmers to give up their farms is so that they can build housing or something because they're expecting a new um, immigrant influx or something crazy I was like what so like you know the Europe is having problems Russia is really having this problem where they're having a uh population decline so they're bringing in these unassimilated people and this is happening this it's just i feel like we're living in crazy town it's like why is everybody making these these insane decisions um it, it i, I don't know kids aren't being taught history well, if you right. think about it like you know i, I mean it, it's kind of a, a a grossly simplified explanation but it's kind of true is that you know people don't understand what causes civilizations to fall yeah yeah right right well you've got people corrupting institutions and corrupt institutions are the number one thing that will erode a society um so you don't want to teach anybody that corrupt institutions are a danger while you're corrupting the institutions well, um, and that, that, I mean, like that's, you know, you go through practically everything what, like Melissa, you just did the litany. I mean, is it education? Is it technology? Is it media? Is it entertainment? Is it, uh, you know, government? Is it law? Is it military, you know, like military business? Short. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, it's like across the board, you're seeing these institutions erode and decline and the people that run them are focused on things which are by their nature, corruptive of the institution hmm. and everybody sees it. And it's like, okay, well, how do we fix it? And the answer probably is to stand up 
um, parallel institutions that can take over the marketplace when the current institution fails. But that's a lot of hard work. And it's also pretty expensive. So, you know, that, that, well, that's, happened, that's kind of the question. In certain areas where it can happen, it's happening. Like in entertainment, where there's, it's, it's more, there's more ease because of the technology of entry. Yeah. That's happening. It's happening in education also. You know, I feel bad for you in the public schools in New York, Matt. You know, um, my kids had to, by necessity, go through public schools here in Texas. And I was, you know, the crazy mom. Nope, that's yeah. not true. You know, reading through all of their history homework and having discussions every day. It's not easy, but it can be done. I have three God-fearing, uh, intelligent children. It's possible. So, you know, for those out there who are listening to this, it's not hopeless, but you have to work, you know, to make sure that your kids turn out um, It's because it, it won't just happen. You know, we used to think that we had all these shared values. It's not true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it there are really people isn't. actively teaching your children to hate America, to hate themselves, to hate Western civilization. And you and to not know anything at all. It, right. Uh, and, and, and what's really concerning about this is that, you know, when you think about it, I mean, our, you know, our, our political and our, our world enemies uh, doing the same thing. No. Do you really think China is uh, has a woke military that's that's holding pride events and wondering right. about, you know, wasting time with with uh, how to combat climate change with the military? No. Do you think China isn't uh, is teaching their their kids? uh you know proper pronoun usage and and things like that instead of making sure that they're that they are smart and capable no i mean we're, we're seeing you know america basically cede its 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 top role as as the most prosperous and educated nation and letting our enemies take over that that uh that achievement and uh do, if if people really think this is not going to have consequences down the road they're crazy, and I think we're going to see those consequences uh, bear out, you know, much much quicker than than we thought. Yep. Well, I think we are Fully seeing agree. it. agree. Yeah, like I think we're we're seeing it. California, as usual, is the leading edge. It has the most beautiful. Yep. It's the most beautiful state. It has unbelievable natural resources, and it's being actively destroyed by the people who are running it. And uh, I had to laugh, you guys. I watched yesterday with my son a kind of uh, little docu-series about Detroit. Well, I grew up in Michigan, and I think you did too, Matthew. Matt, did you? No. Boston. No, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood that. Um, but anyway, and I was there when the state declined. I watched it decline. But they didn't talk about why it declined. They didn't talk about why Detroit was just a whole. And it was because it was utterly corrupt. It wasn't for lack of resources. Federal money poured into Detroit. It has, even to this day, some of the richest neighborhoods on the outside of it because of all the industry that was there in the whole country, like some of the richest zip codes. So there's no excuse for what happened except for utter corruption for the elected officials taking the money and putting it in their own bank accounts instead of putting it back into the city and now they can't pay teacher pensions. Well, they've had this revitalization. Well, they also had a conservative um, police chief who started cleaning up the streets. 
and refused to, you know, look the other way with the crime. And so there's a ton of policing now down there. But for a while, they couldn't even pay their police. Well, so they were saying, you know, the 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 guy who was doing it said the the leaders in L.A. and San Francisco need to come to Detroit to see how it's being done. I was like, the reasons that Detroit failed are the are the reasons that they're failing in San Francisco and L.A. Give me a break. Detroit has six hundred thousand, give or take citizens now it used to have four million or nearly um and it was huge it has the infrastructure for a huge huge city and it does we now we're in a couple city blocks downtown that they you know are keeping the riffraff out of um because of what they did they did to destroy the city san francisco's already done what detroit has done the the full effects aren't felt yet because of all the all the leases aren't up but when that's all done, it's going to be a hollowed out shell full of crime, drugs, and debauchery, which is okay, but it was made. And LA, same way, Philadelphia, Baltimore, you can go down the list yeah. and the reasons are the same. And so I was like, you can't solve a problem if you won't acknowledge what you did to create it. And the unions were greedy, the bosses were greedy in, in Michigan. It drove business out of the state because of the expectations were, you know, terrible. Middle the NAFTA happened, middle class jobs left, and and the tax increases in Detroit drove every all the businesses out out, just like what's happening everywhere else. And then they couldn't bring them down because they owed so much in pension money to teachers and police and all of that because and they bankrupted themselves. And so they've had, the guy said, three or four billion dollars of federal dollars have gone into revitalizing these couple of blocks. And I was like, yeah, that and that's Detroit now. And woohoo, yay, they have seven speakeasies, y'all. So if you ever go to Detroit, you can, if you're in the inn, you can go to these awesome bars and restaurants. I was just like, none of that had to happen, but Democrats happened. And then, yep. you know. And so this is, and it's like a microcosm, that kind of rot. We Right now we have a president who is utterly corrupt, who took money from our enemies uh, for personal gain because he loved filthy lucre more than country. That's what we have running in our country right now. Mm -hmm. He is Coleman Young, who was the mayor of Detroit, writ large. He's, he's, his motivations are personal gain, not what's best for America. And so you can't survive that as a country, having every single leader in every institution on the personal take and no one paying a consequence for what they're doing. Comey will live a beautiful retirement. Lois Lerner will live a beautiful retirement on the tax dollar payer's dole um, after corrupting huge institutions mark milley same way you could just you can go down it Fauci. yeah i mean yeah. It, it, Fauci's it's the biggest goal breaker of the bunch and corrupter yeah. yeah oh absolutely killing millions of people with with you know uh, a franken virus that 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 he paid to invent deny right. it all the way down the line and then walk out the door 
um, yeah. after you know basically turning the entire National in uh, Institutes of Health into a um, I don't know a weapon against the American people essentially with with you know the gain of function research with the Chinese military that they did in Wuhan right and we saw the product of that and nobody will come clean um well who will hold them accountable will Merrick Garland at the Department of Justice yeah, not, not bloody likely not bloody likely and so I mean I don't know where we go from here except for that they're just the ire that parents have towards the school systems the uh, you know the complete so Disney is failing a lot of these you know, movies are failing. People are turning towards like Angel Studios, what they're producing. Um, people have like the American people have told Budweiser and Target to pound sand and their bottom line has been has suffered. Everybody has to feel pain. The military can't recruit anybody because they're putting right. forth these flouncy T-sips who the young men of America are like, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, yeah. You know, the the yeah. military needs to understand that the band camp and theater kids are out in Hollywood. They're not going to strap on a gun and go shoot an enemy. Know your audience. But you know, like Bud, like Budweiser, though they have no concept, or they do, and they want to insult their consumer base and have you know teach them a lesson while asking them to buy from them. Well, I, what, what ultimately this all comes down to is you have a yearning in the country for accountability and consequences for, you know, failure and betrayal, essentially, um, because people see it everywhere. They see the corruption of these institutions. They see bad behavior that goes, you know, unpunished or, un, you know, unaccountable uh, at all. Um, and people are beginning to lose faith. Um, like, I guarantee you, Matt, none of the people that are watching this podcast disagreed with you. And you're like, yeah, nothing's really going to happen to the Bidens. Like, everybody knows that. Right. Um, and that's I like I think that's the big thing. Is this, is this even newsworthy? Because we know that there aren't going to be I mean, nobody's going to go to jail over the Biden bribes. Like, everybody knows that. Now, will there be some political consequences for him? Yeah, maybe. Like, we'll see. That's still that's still out there. But, you know, OK, so Biden doesn't get reelected in 2024. Is he going to be an ex-president put under indictment like Trump was? And people know that what Trump is under indictment for is, I mean, you can you can critique his treatment of those documents. But at the end of the day, documents in a box locked in a room at Mar-a-Lago is not really that the kind of thing that we would have the first post-presidential indictment over. Right. Yeah. Like that's like nobody thinks that that's a that that's a big deal. Now, if you're a partisan lefty, you do. But we know what that's about. And it's not about justice. But yeah, okay. but if they really thought it was a big deal, they'd be making the same stink about Biden. So they don't genuinely believe it's a big deal. They're just making it a big deal because it suits them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if nothing else, they'd be going after Mike Pence. Right. Yeah. They're not even going after Mike Pence, who is a Republican vice president who is currently running for president. They don't care that Pence had some documents and boxes in his house. Like nobody cares about that. They care about Trump. So everybody knows that this is a nothing. And yet here is something with the Biden bribes that's not a nothing. Right. Yeah. Like and somebody said this. I can't remember who. 
Hunter Biden had no American clients. Right. He had no American clients. He didn't have, you know, um, Frito Lay or, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, General Dynamics or, or like he didn't have any of those people. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't go to Hunter Biden and say, "Hey, you know, like we want you, we, you know, some guys in Congress in Washington." No, you hire professionals for that. The right. foreigners are the ones that ha- hired Hunter because they knew he would do things that reputable lobbyists would not, right? And so he shook these people down and, and they paid because at the end of the day, this guy's dad was Joe Biden, who was the most corruptible, corrupted American politician on the scene who actually had a chance to pay off some of those favors. And so they did. And everybody knows this. There's not a single Democrat in Washington, D.C. that doesn't know that this is what was going on. They all know it. The question is, does it stink so loudly that it might cost us uh, or stink so profoundly that it might cost us political power down the road? And if they come to that determination, they run Biden off and they change him out and bring somebody else in. And that's it. That's all the justice you're going to get. And everybody gets it. Everybody's disgusted by it nobody has an answer for how to fix it. And that's yeah, and, where we are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's quite clear that there was definitely a push by the media who who probably knows more than anyone else how bad things are at Biden. There's probably things we don't see that they see that they don't talk about. But, you know, it, it's been happening for a couple of years now since he's been in office where, you know, there's been planting the seeds of, you know, is he going to run? Is, is he not going to run? And then, you actually saw a couple of times stories that normally they would probably just kind of look the other way from, you know, they actually reported on, you know, the, the, um, the botched Afghanistan withdrawal was a huge story that, that sent Biden's approved ratings underwater. They also reported on the, uh, the story of, of, of Biden having classified documents. That story broke after we learned that Biden was getting ready to launch his campaign. I honestly believe that that the media was trying to force his hand to say, you know what, why don't you step aside, let let someone else, because, you know, you're yeah, clearly you not that. all there upstairs. And you wrote uh, that. I, read, I remember reading it, I was yeah. like, Margolis is right on this. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it didn't, it like it, it, they had it, it, but it didn't take for some reason. Right. But I mean, because I mean, there, there's probably two reasons. One, it's very hard to voluntarily give up the powers of the presidency. And, you know, maybe Biden isn't all there, but the people around him want to, want to keep their jobs. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the media, as much as they love Biden, they, they're they they're not confident in his ability to hold on to power. They, they're not confident that this this is the guy that's the best bet for the Democrats. And he probably isn't. You know, if I if I was uh, a, a Democrat in the media, who would I be boosting right now? There's there's I mean, there's a lot of talk about how really bad the Democrat bench is. Obviously, it's not going to be Kamala. But, you know, that there, uh, there Gavin Newsom is is clearly laying down the foundation for a future national campaign. Uh, you know, that that that's an obvious choice. Uh, you know, a lot of people, though, like, you know, there was a lot of talk about Buttigieg at first, but I mean, he basically blew up his chances by being completely incompetent running the Department of Transportation. Uh, But, you know, uh, I think that there's enough people who think, well, 
you know, it's probably easier for Biden to get reelected than to for someone else to to make that make a case. But uh, you know, when you got someone who's declining so uh, so rapidly in front of our eyes, I mean, 2020 was a different animal. He could campaign from his basement and just say, "Well, COVID, COVID, COVID." You know, we don't. He doesn't have that season where we're seeing this happen. This is this is just like watching uh, Fetterman at, at that debate with. Uh, um, with what's his name, Doctor Oz? Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a train wreck. And the, how 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 much longer can Democrats just make excuses for this? You know, like I remember when Democrats made a big deal about George W. Bush occasionally saying the wrong word or not being able to, you know, for for not having the eloquence, you know, the gift of eloquent speech. And yet they're looking at Joe Biden and thinking, well, this is, a, you know, whatever. But don't, well, don't make him on because he's old. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the walking off the stage thing on MSNBC and they're like, well, he was done. And it's like, they're going That's to commercial in 30 seconds. You sit in your seat and then you let, them, let the, the red light turn off and then you get up. Everybody knows this. Joe Biden's been on TV since the 70s for crying out loud. I know. Seriously. Like, I mean, like, don't don't tell me that this is normal. Everybody knows it's not normal. You know, and what was so funny. So great, though. That, I, I, I kind of love it. Like when you there's videos of him like being directed a certain way and then he just kind of goes off and, and it's like where's he going and and then the media like the emperor has no clothes we're like living through it right now like oh, yeah. it, it's just crazy and well, it's it was so kind of soviet like it's all very kind of well, I, like uh, the last thing out of nicole wallace i think it was nicole wallace the last thing out of her mouth before he gets up is don't go anywhere wait where's the president going it's like the stupidest thing of all time. Like, she said, don't go anywhere. Well, so, you know, but the thing is that this is the best the Democrats have. And and I have to say, even if the there was wholesale fraud, and I think that there was in the election, enough people voted for this. Right. It's not like Joe Biden was a new guy. You know, and I I wrote a couple articles right, you know, before the election that Joe Biden is not a good guy. Going back and his family's corruption, like not anything that we know now, Matt, but just kind of his daughter getting away with like larceny and and uh, you know theft and drunk driving and his brother and like you go through all of the yeah. like there's a whole list of stuff that that um, was known way before the election. And again, the granddaughter that they will not recognize. Oh, oh yeah. and then I mean, that. You can't get a bigger a-hole than that. No. Right? He's just not a good guy. <laughs> and and so, like, but the people, the American people, uh, short attention span as they have, they voted for him. And, and so they, you know, I, I really don't feel sorry for anybody at this point. You know, the right. America we have now is the America we kind of deserve after being not holding anybody to account and being willing to take what the media has given us you kind of have to uh, uh, people kind of have to want to be lied to like you know i used to but when it's this inarticulate you're right 
Well, and then like through COVID and everything where people were so uh, terrible, it wasn't just the government. It was the average person being a vicious beast against their fellow man. Mm-hmm. You know, I I completely kind of changed my view on some certain historical things. I used to let the German people off the hook for Hitler. I don't anymore. Not after what I saw the American people do to their fellow man uh, because they're afraid of catching a cold. Um, no, no, they're under, you know, there's a really nasty beast underneath lying underneath most humans no matter where they are in the world just looking to um demonize and hurt you know rwanda wasn't something special when the hutus and tutsis killed each other china under mao wasn't something special russia under stalin wasn't something special uh pol pot and you know you go you go just go around the world and it's no different in Australia. You know, I can't, I still can't believe I saw videos of people out in the middle of nowhere in a uh, camp made by the government where people couldn't leave their porch or else they were fined $10,000 for having a cold. This is insanity. That's and what this- you get when you don't have a Second Amendment. Well, and simple. but the thing is, here in America, how many first responders lost their jobs because they refused to get get vaccinated? And um, and everybody's like, well, and there were people on the right that way, too. I'm sorry, when you are driven by that kind of um, malice, because that's what it is, you know, you can you can put the veneer of um, morality on top of it, but it's baloney. If you are driven by that kind of, uh, if you're willing to throw out every liberty that you have because you're afraid of getting a, you know, getting sick, well, you kind of deserve what you get. And the thing is, is that here in America, now people are, I think some are waking up. A whole lot of people want to just march on, um, you know, the Fauci people, want to just march on and pretend like this never happened. Like they never did what they did to their fellow man. Like the institutions aren't corrupt because it's a scary thing to kind of acknowledge what we're capable of. But I'll tell you what, I've got a friend or two who I will never ever trust again, you know, because of how they reacted to this. I will say one thing that I missed from the COVID era though, this morning, like because most people besides me have Monday off um, for uh, July 4th and the neighborhood was so quiet. And the last time I remember it being kind of this quiet, like in the morning was during COVID where everybody was home and not going to work anymore. And so like the roads were just quiet. Um, That was about the only thing, but this July 4th to kind of wrap it up about what all we're talking about, you know, we have a, facsimile of liberty in this country at this point. And it's going to take some work for the American people to get it back. The Supreme Court is helping us. All right. The Supreme Court is saying, hey, this is constitutional. This is not. The federal government cannot do this. They cannot take your liberties this way. They cannot take your land for arbitrary reasons. They cannot do this. They cannot make you work because 
is inconveniencing them because of your religious beliefs. They cannot make you say something because they want you to have a certain ideology. So the Supreme Court is kind of laying out what it is to be an American again, that this is what freedom looks like. This is what the federal government can and cannot do. Now it's up to us as American citizens to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to be a citizen of old. I am going to speak freely. I am going to worship freely. I'm going to hold on to the liberties that I have and fight for them. Because if it's not a proactive, it's kind of like, um, this was something that you and I have talked about, Scott, in the past, but entropy is a thing. If you are not actively building a culture and a civilization, it is falling apart just because that the centripetal for the forces just pull apart. What you know? How long can you go without cleaning your house? How long can you go without you know pressure washing your driveway or you know how long can you go without fixing your air conditioning or your heating or whatever? And then the house is so full of disrepair that it's un, you know, unsalvageable. Um, that things have to be maintained. There's no doubt about it. Have to be maintained. Things have to be built, and so that's where we're at. That's my that's my final two cents on on July fourth, which is when most people will be listening to this. You know, we're we're giving a roadmap of what freedom looks like, what liberty looks like, but we have to take responsibility for keeping it. Yep. You know, uh, Matt, I'll leave the last word for you. Well, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. You know, it, it, it feels like we're losing our grasp on what really made our country great. And it's it's disturbing to see how easily people can be manipulated. Uh, the, the COVID pandemic was certainly like an, an eye opening experience for a lot of people where just how easily they they could be scared into submission on virtually anything, willingly giving up their their rights and freedoms over something. With yeah, COVID, uh, it can be a problematic for for some people, but not for most people. You know, I've had COVID. A lot of people, a lot of us have had COVID and lived to tell the tale uh, because we weren't a, we weren't part of a high risk group. Uh, you know, we we the universal lockdowns were was a, a real you know, blight on on our on our history, and hopefully, uh, people will learn from it. And I and I think people have. And and uh, you know, the Fourth of July, Independence Day, is is a good time to reflect on. You know, why did we become a country in the first place, and are we going to live up to those ideals? Because uh, right now, it does not feel like our country is, and we need to get back on track. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. You can, every tell everybody where they can find you and um, read more of your work. Well, um, I write pretty much every day over at pjmedia.com. I also have my own Substack at uh, mattmargolis.com, and every now and then I I can be uh, saying a few things here and there over on uh, Twitter and uh, uh, Getter and Truth Social. So uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And, uh, you know, uh, I hope people will check it out. Thank you. Yep. Everybody check that out. And of course, like and subscribe. Scott, thank you for um, being the voice of reason again and the optimistic person. And uh, 
<laughs> Thank you all for listening. We wish you the happiest of Independence Days, and we wish for this country um, a revival to what we once were. Um, it's past time. Thank you all.